Vic Samurai has the most badass name of anyone I have and almost assuredly ever will interview. He's also today's guest, and he's the vice president of sales for House of Roll, the parent company that owns luxury plumbing fixture brands such as Victorian Albert, Paranen Row, and, well, of course, Roll. This year, I'm doing more episodes showcasing some of the vendors we use, and, well, we like buying House of Roll products, so Vic was a natural fit. I am, in doing these interviews, doing my best to avoid these becoming commercials in any sense. I would much rather have our guests showcase their knowledge of their craft in ways that y'all can extrapolate value for your own business. Now back to Vic. He's an expert, obviously, in all things plumbing fixtures. And I was elated to learn in our interview that biophilic products are gaining popularity. Biophilic design, for those who do not know, is essentially the study of bringing nature and natural elements into homes and it's personal interest of mine. Now Vic has a bunch of other trends and new technologies he shares in our short episode. I am sure you all will get a few ideas from it. I'll list a few of the products in the episode show description for those who are interested. All right, my builder brethren, let's begin. This episode is brought to you by Lowe's and their Lowe's for Pros program. I've been a customer of Lowe's for years, and I've also been a big fan of theirs given what they're doing to help contractors within our industry, something that, as you all know, aligns with my mission. Now, this Lowe's for Pros program is absolutely something worth checking out. My company's enrolled in it. We love it. It gives us access to things like quick ordering, bulk savings, special deals, spending tracking, financing solutions, the list goes on. Check out the link in the show notes, or you can search Lowe's for Pros to learn more about these programs, perks, and incentives that Lowe's is offering to help builders and contractors like you and me. Before we start, a quick word about Ram Windows, a brand partner we use in just about every home we build. These are sleek, energy-efficient, long-standing aluminum windows that I think are the best value out there, period. That's why we use them. These windows are nice enough to put in the three to five million dollar homes we build, but they're also priced so that a range of budgets can afford them. And beyond the windows, one of my favorite things about the company They are proudly made right here in the great state of Texas. And y'all know how we do things around here. Not that I'm biased or anything. If you happen to be in the Lone Star State, come visit, check them out for yourself in either their Houston, Dallas, or Austin showroom. You can also check them out online, ramwindows.com. That's R-A-M windows.com. They can ship just about anywhere also. Tell them I sent you. Vic, nice to have you on the show. Um, you came from New Orleans, is that right? Well, I, ju- I just, just came from New Orleans, but traveling. temporarily. Yeah. Um, actually, home is Southern California. That's right. That's yep. right. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do, your position within House sure. of Rule. 
So my name is, is Vic Samurai, which a lot of people think is a pretty cool last name. But It's a badass last name. It, it's the result of no one being able to pronounce my truly Hungarian last name, which is Semerei. But uh-huh. my hockey coach called it Samurai, and I ran with it. And nice. so uh, for those of you listening in any part of the country, um, you can call it Samurai. makes it easier. <laughs> so I live in Southern California, like I said, with my wife and, and four children. And I'm the VP of sales for House of Roll. A lot of people may not know that term necessarily. Uh, it's, it's fairly new, last few years. But House of Roll is the collection of brands that Fortune Brands acquired five years ago. Fortune Brands, they might be familiar with. They own Moen. They own Master Brands. They own Master Lock, uh, several other companies. And in the plumbing division, they wanted to acquire some luxury brands, Roll being the one that I was at uh, for several years. Uh, I've been 15 years in the industry prior to plumbing. I was in the world of cabinetry. Uh, and so with the acquisition, uh, they also made an acquisition in Canada, the number one plumbing brand in Canada, which is Rebel. And then shortly thereafter, uh, two companies in the UK, one was called Shaws of Darwin, uh, the oldest fire clay manufacturer. Uh, they pioneered the product uh, back in 1897, have been in business ever since. So we're really proud of that. And then Perrin and Rowe, which is a really nice handcrafted a uh, very British uh, faucet that we've had distribution for in the U.S. for quite some time. And then the last brand to join us was Victorian Albert, uh, which is a volcanic limestone tub manufactured in South Africa. And so once they owned the five companies, we decided we would bring them all together under one brand called House of Roll. And really that was in response to customers like Facets of Austin. It's one of our favorites here in, in the local market. And really, that gives them an opportunity to specify a whole house uh, through one company, through one rep, send in one PO. It just makes it a lot easier for the consultants. And so there was a synergy opportunity, and, and we jumped at it, and it's been uh, really great ever since. So last thing about me, I, I mentioned I have four kids. We survived. I still have all of them after the pandemic. But my uh, experiences in cabinetry and plumbing came in handy as as I took on cooking in the home and you know, homeschooling the kids and everything else along the way with my wife. So I think some of those contexts will be relevant for what we discussed this morning. Yeah, sure. Well, and you're recently promoted to Correct. VP of sales. So congrats on, on that. Thank you. It's, it's afforded me an opportunity to, you know, work with a lot of people nationwide and even internationally in, in Canada in, in the past. Um, but I started as Western regional sales manager covering Detroit, Michigan, all the way down to Louisiana West, which sometimes they go, what are you doing here with a Western regional business card in Detroit? Uh (laughs) Um, But I covered half the country and and got a lot of great experience that way. And then for the last few years and during the pandemic, uh, I had a national presence as director of showroom sales and then director of strategic accounts, which would be our national accounts. And then I recently took on all project work. So uh, in project work, we like to say we now have a pool to penthouse strategy along with our friends at Moen, to where you, know, you can really specify anything for multifamily, single family, hospitality. Uh, we really bring the full gamut. Nice. Good. Well, let's talk about plumbing. Obviously, yep. that's why you're here. But before we do, I, I got to put you on the hot seat for, for, for one thing. So <laughs> here is, all right, all of us who are listening are probably builders, contractors, something of, of, of that nature. Um, and we're all in sales. Everybody, you know, sure. actually, I think everybody, every human being to some extent is in sales. Um, but we particularly are. And you have ascended to a very 
high position within a very good company. What is one of your top secrets for being a good salesman? Oh, well, that, that like well, I said, this is a hot seat question. No, I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> Because there are so many, but one thing I do like to do is, is simplify and summarize. So okay. um, I think doing what you say you're going to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes you can really overthink it. But what I've heard over the course of the last two years, um, and really I attribute this to uh, my former boss, Chad Rogers, who you know when he took over as VP of sales prior to me, he came in and said, quick assessment, the biggest problem right now, if people aren't following up. And that means we're not executing. And if someone can't get an answer, they're going to go to a different brand. And, you know, when you think of all the supply chain challenges that we've had through the pandemic, like getting back to people, giving realistic ETAs, just acknowledging that I don't have the answer right now. Like all of that beats silence. And so many companies that we've been taking share from and growing as a result of are the ones that we hear, I can't get a hold of that rep or he doesn't have an answer for me. So I get a fake answer. Or, um, you know, they say they're going to do something and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. And so when, when Chad told us as a sales team, he said, just do what you say you're going to do. Let's start there. Very foundational. But I think if we get that right, then we can build off of that. You know, hopefully builders can understand. Like to me, that's the foundation. Right. Yeah. And then you can put up your walls and your trusts and your roof. But if you don't do what you say you're going to do, you're nothing. Yeah. And on the other side of that, I mean just simple so for us we builders probably have a longer sales cycle than than oh, sure. you guys do because we're dealing with just the pre-construction side of things for six months and then construction for you know over a year so it is very easy kind of to what you were saying to land into a, a really kind of conflict-ridden situation when you simply don't have a good cadence of communication so that's one of our core principles is that Every single week, we are communicating with our clients, even if we don't have much of an update, just to stay in, in touch with them. So I can echo what you're saying, because that's kind of one of my core sales philosophies, too, is just stay, keep people apprised mm-hmm. of what's going on. It's what good pilots do on flights, right? Hey, we're right. still taxiing. You know, don't have an update for you yet, but I anticipate one soon. Weather pattern should clear up in 10 minutes. We'll see. Yeah. Just everyone stay calm and stay seated. Yeah. Like, And I, I think you kind of have to not babysit, but, you know, really walk people through and handhold through a construction process because we know things go wrong. It's not if, it's when. And, yeah. you know, we see it on our side. You know, we have to kind of hold our consultant's hands through things and say, look, you're going to have issues. The question is, is when you have that issue, who do you trust to call that will call you back and get things done for you just as they said it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's shift topic to plumbing. Sure. So here's my first question. Obviously, there were massive shifts during and, and after COVID, hmm. um, especially in, in with our homes uh, and how we lived in them. I'm sure there were some very um, germane changes within your industry and, and your side of uh, the home and construction. So can you speak a little bit to that? What changes have sure. you guys seen? Well, I can tell you firsthand, not just from my personal experience, who was one of those that turned in the morning commute for a morning jog and got to work from home and watch my four kids get homeschooled from home and adapt. But you know, a lot of our target customers, you know, our showroom consultants were working from home. Their premium and luxury uh, clients, the end users, 
were likewise working from home. And so we did see quite a bit of a shift through the pandemic, um, not just in terms of which products people were buying, but why they were buying them. So for example, if, if your normal commute through your bathroom was get in, quickly get ready, rinse off, run to the car and, and chase traffic to get to a job, well, now that's not the case. Now you've got maybe an eight o'clock or an 8.30 conference call and you've got time to actually enjoy your shower. And so products that may have been fatty at first that were launched simply because it's a product category expansion or we think it's a cool gadget, now all of a sudden there was high demand for because if you're gonna get to enjoy your shower, why not have a shower head that plays music, which one of our competitors offers? Why not have a shower head that infuses essential oils and aroma to really make the what was potentially a more basic shower now truly an indulgent spa-like experience. And and so we saw that, you know, on our sister company Moenside who has that. The other big trend we saw was that, you know, for a long time, and I'd say probably 10 or 12 years, because I saw it in my cabinet days and I saw it cross over into plumbing, you really had a lack of color. Things got very white on white on gray for a long time. And now that we were in our spaces more and our kids were in our spaces more and everyone all of a sudden started getting gloomy. They missed their friends. Maybe they didn't miss the commute, but they missed the water cooler. You know, they missed their sports teams. They missed the interaction. They missed going out on dates. And now this home has to provide everything for you. It can't just be the box you sleep in. You work there, you exercise there, you eat there. You, you need to find de-stressors there. And so one of the design trends we saw was that people wanted to infuse more color. So for example, our company, we started painting the bathtub. That's not something that we would have ever done before. We started seeing designers experiment more with tile and get more bold, whether it's on the floor or as a backsplash or in the shower. We started seeing split finishes on faucets. Brass came back in a huge way. Brass was already starting to trend back on the coasts, but when you have that you know, white shaker kitchen with the white coriander, or marble or granite countertop, white subway towel backsplash, white walls, white floors maybe, or gray floors, if you're staring at that every day, and that's where you're working, that's where you're relaxing, that's where you're making dinner, and that's where you're at after dinner, you start to say, you know what would look really nice in here is a, a pop of color. Designers told us all the time, and we actually have sat through several CEUs and presentations where they talk about the way color influences mood. And maybe that's different for others, right? Purple can be calming, red can be invigorating, you know, blue can be soothing. But now you're thinking not just of yourself, let's say if it was one person in the household doing a lot of the cooking who made all those color choices, now you're thinking of your kids who are doing their homework in the kitchen or they're doing a craft in the kitchen. Because one of the things that we also noticed was the whole open floor concept, which was great before when you were only there on nights and weekends. Well, now when I'm on a conference call and my son's on a Zoom call and my daughter's doing gymnastics, you know, we're all using the bandwidth and we could all use some privacy, all of a sudden, the closed off space became much more important. And we actually started hearing from designers that said, welcome back to rooms. And so that does affect the plumbing side of it because now you can be more bold. You can do something different in the powder room. You can do something different in the kitchen. It doesn't all flow together. You don't have to be matchy matchy. And as spaces took on new life, people started adding plumbing in spaces where you wouldn't have thought of it before. I'll give you one example. So Historically, some master bedroom retreats would have like a mini bar, maybe even, you know, a Keurig coffee maker. 
Now we're seeing people that have entire spaces dedicated to home health and exercise, whether it's with the screen on the wall or with, you know, what's that cool bike everyone bought? Oh, the Peloton. Peloton, yeah. you know, and all the things like it. Well, now they want, you know, an extra fridge for cool towels. Now they want a pot filler where they can fill up their coffee machine so they don't have to keep carrying it to another room to get water. Um, we even saw people accommodate their pets more. You know, when I was growing up, the, where your pet's stuff was in the laundry room. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing people say, you know what, that pot filler, and we actually showed this at a show once and it got really rave reviews. Why don't you use that pot filler to create a pet station in your kitchen to where the pot filler fills up the water bowl? Now you're not walking around with a water bowl splashing it everywhere and potentially, you know, having your kids slip and fall. So one by one, the longer people were in their homes, they started trying to find ways to personalize it for them, whether that's through function, whether that's through relaxation, whether that's through their kids or their pets. Uh, we just didn't see that pre-pandemic. And, and that's continued. I think designers would, would tell your audience that personalization and customization is what they look for the most from plumbing products. Yeah. One thing you mentioned that I'll admit something I learned, I guess, way too late in my career. So I always thought the builder in me, being a builder, not a designer, I always thought that when you picked out your fixtures for the house, like your door hardware, your plumbing fixtures, I thought it all had to be like the same color. <laughs> That's what I, so whenever I was earlier in my career and doing all this myself, like I would just make everything the same color. And I learned later on that that is completely an untrue assumption we've had the opportunity to work with some really good interior designers and uh, we actually recently hired in-house a very very talented interior designer and they basically um dispelled the myth that i had in my head had no idea and so now where that's what we're doing with our homes we're mixing and matching things and it looks awesome um and and you guys are uh, seeing the same thing and, and it sounds like you guys are responding to that with your product offering and what you're doing which is really cool yeah and not just mixing colors but mixing metals you know yeah. I, I think sometimes people thought if you're gonna have this kind of metal then you need to have it all over but now you see a lot of natural wood you see a lot of uh, split finishes and, mm -hmm. and primarily when I saw split finishes come out was when designers had a very similar problem of you know customer falls in love with this rose gold faucet and rose gold was a very short fad, and I think for this reason. Now you've got to have a rose gold soap dispenser, filter faucet, disposal switch, and now maybe some lighting over the, the countertop or over the, the island. And now what about your cabinet hardware? Well, before you know it, that thing is a pink kitchen, and mm -hmm. it is just overkill. And so, but if you have something that mixes, say, satin brass with matte black, well, now mm -hmm. you could do matte black in a few places, to your point. Yeah. Uh, and mix it up. And so, yeah, I think designers have gotten more clever. But it is interesting because when there is a finish that someone really says is unique, for example, you know, not to tote ours, but one of our brands has one called Satin English Gold that is just such a subtle and pleasing gold that we recently launched cabinet hardware to complement it because that was a frustration our customers had. They said, I love this gold and I have this, you know, dinette or I have a buffet that I really want to have like match or, or pull in a different room um so i agree with your assessment but you also see sometimes good designers that say if i'm buying that gold i gotta have it in other places, in other places in the home too. as well sure yeah. yeah i think there's a level of sophistication that 
I don't understand yet uh, with regards to that, but absolutely. It's it, one thing that you're saying that comes, so there's a term that comes to my mind um, here in your description, and that is, um, so the Danes have a concept that they follow, and you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those, uh, um, like the happiness in indices, and uh, the Danes are like, one of the happiest people in the world, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. perennially at the top. Right. And I'm not saying that this is this is why, but they do follow a concept that's very fundamental to their culture. And I I know the word. I know how to I know how to spell it. I've never really heard it pronounced. So it's either uh, hyg or hygge, H Y G G E. And basically, what it is is it's it's this cultural. Um, belief or practice where they um everything is about like creating a a homey comfortable pleasant way to live like within their home uh etc and i think it can even expand outside the home it's the concept of you know going out for like a beer after work with friends and like being in like a, a nice bar and that kind of stuff but inside the home it translates into like I mean, it could be things as simple as having like, you know, candles and just a really comfortable way to live. And it did feel pre-COVID. I'm not saying that COVID was necessarily the the, um, thing that caused us to shift, but a lot of homes, especially with modern design, and we built a lot of modern stuff, started feeling a little too sterile Mm -hmm. to me personally. And what you're describing right now kind of just brings to mind this Danish concept where you're almost making our homes a little bit more comfortable to live in. Well, and I'll build off of that a little bit because in the pandemic, when we were so much in our homes, you, you didn't necessarily go out with friends on bike rides or you know spend the time in nature that you wanted to. Um, even in, in this office, there's a plant next to me, mm-hmm. right? And, and in my office at home, there's a ficus that I love. And you know, I, I used to bring in plants just to have on, on my desk. and. You know, it draws on this idea of biophilia, right? We're in love with life and different elements of life, whether that's pets or flowers or even having healthy food on the table. Like these are all things that I don't know if if your builders are familiar with the well standards, Mm -hmm. but um, the well standards recently added, I want to say it was either a seventh or a ninth, uh, I forget, uh, element to it, which was mental health and all the different elements of that. And I think during the pandemic, because we weren't, having those normal engagements with other life forms to the same degree. We had a lot of engagement with all the life forms in our immediate family, but the idea of bringing the outdoors in, we saw as a mega trend as well. More plant life, more fruits, uh, more things that just remind you of health, both mentally and physically, because we couldn't help it. We were bombarded with talk of hygiene and health. You know, wash your hands, stay distant, do Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Well, but. You also need the outdoors. You need sunlight. You need fresh air. You need clean water. Um, you know, we saw filtration products do extremely well during the pandemic. We were surprised to see that the hands-free faucets that we launched, which some other companies, you know, already had Touch. Our sister company had hands-free, but when we launched it in February of 2020, we thought, "Hey, we'll see how, where this goes." You know, we're a luxury brand. Maybe Touchless is not going to be something that adapts over into our categories. But of course it took off because now like in my family where I've got six people working through the kitchen, I like that I don't have to worry about washing my hands every time I touch my faucet because my son just touched it or my daughter just touched it. Um, so we, we did see that from a, a tech standpoint 
start to really take off as well. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up biophilic design because I'd like to think that that's going to be a trend that's going to be coming more popular in the coming years. I think it already is to some extent, and I think it'll just continue. Um, just my my opinion, but can you speak to that a little bit? I know you guys have a few products that you feel like could um, kind of um, fall within that that design standard or that category. Like what? So I think Shaw's of Darwin. You said are like fire clay. Yeah. So um, products. Shaw's is the original fire clay manufactured sink. Uh, it's all organic. It's all handmade in the UK in the same earth that they pull the clay from. Um, you know, back in the late 1890s. So when you have that in your home, you know, that is a very natural product and, and it feels natural. It feels like fired clay, which is what it is. Yeah. Um, we started seeing trends, you know, I mentioned painted tubs, but also seeing more natural material tubs, whether that's a stone or a granite, um, because people need to see that. Um, we saw people going away from things that were, as you mentioned, sterile and plain and things that had pops of things that you would see in nature. Um, you know, the other thing I, I, I saw, you know, from a, a tech standpoint is people that wanted to have experiences that now they couldn't go to, you couldn't go to the spa, it was closed. So people were bringing more steam into their own home, right? And that, that helps them relax. It helps them calm down. We started to see people get way more comfortable with tech. I think QR codes are the best example. If you would have asked a tech consultant about QR codes pre-pandemic, he would have said, they're, they're, they're not going away, they're gone. And now we all use them at, at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And my mom uses them at the restaurant with her iPhone. You would have never seen that pre-pandemic. <laughs> um, so we did see a shift where people, you know, as you introduced product over the course of, of the pandemic, where people said, you know, I'm open to a digital shower experience. I like the idea that when I wake up, my alarm hits, my shower is already steaming up and at my perfect temperature. We started seeing products get introduced. Uh, for example, there's one faucet on the market from Moen that can work through Siri and fill up exactly how much water you need. If you need six cups of water because you're making a stew, you tell it six cups of water, it will pour exactly that much and no more. Now, I can tell you with little kids, my oldest is 14 and then 12, but I've got two under 10. They were in the kitchen cooking with me. And you know when you start asking them to help with ingredients and you say, you know, pour me two cups of water and splashes all over the place and they end up pouring six and it ruins the recipe. <laughs> Like tech stuff like that started becoming really popular because it was, it was functional. There's a utility aspect of it, but also the brands that were coming out with it were designer brands. There were companies that made them attractive to look at and they met those finished needs as well. Um, you know, the other thing that, that we saw, other than stuff that was already out there that gained in popularity, like I mentioned, water filtration and uh, other spa experiences, there is a product out there that uh, was fairly new that was acquired by Moen a number of years ago called Flow. And Flow is essentially uh, a product that you can place on the outside um, entrance of water into your home. And it works with an app on your phone that will tell you how much hot water is being used, how much cold water. Is this above average or below average? Because if you spring a leak, or if you started to fill your tub and ran to go jump on a conference call you forgot you had and now your tub's overflowing, uh, all of a sudden your phone's going to tell you that and you have the option to shut that off right on your phone. So again, that's both safety, it's conservation, it's also a cool gadget. 
you know, one of the things that we introduced, uh, and it was prior to the pandemic, but we really saw it take off during the pandemic, was a device where, and I mentioned filling up a tub and potentially overflowing it, we actually have a drain that functions as an overflow. So it uses magnets to feel the weight of the water, and if it gets to a point too high in the tub, it will actually activate the drain to bring the water back down around 10 inches lower, and then it'll close back up. Wow. If you forgot about That's the water cool. running, it'll raise it back up and it'll keep going back down. That is really cool. Really cool tech. And, you know, a lot of people questioned whether it was certified and if you still needed that unsightly overflow. You don't. Um, it's it's fully certified everywhere. We always get questions from, from plumbers and from uh, inspectors that question it. We have all the paperwork to provide it and show mm -hmm. that it, it passes code. But that's another one where, you know, it helps you take a deeper soak because you can have that option with it. But it's also safety, because what if you ask your kid to fill up the bathtub and then his favorite show started? Yeah. Right? Not that I've experienced that personally, but yeah. I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and maybe tech like that in the past would have been a, a nice to have, not a need to have. Yeah. But when you're in your home every day, that's a, that's a need to have now. Oh, for sure. So we've got the flow system from, from Moen. I think we touched briefly on like... Um, what do you call it? Touch-free yep. uh, faucets. Any other tech that's emerged that comes to mind that is of real interest or focus for you guys? You know, for us, speaking macro here, um, beyond House of Roll, but includes House of Roll, is really if you look at the plumbing division of Fortune Brands, you know, we're not looking at our division as just plumbing. You know, and, and maybe the flow acquisition helped bring this out. But we're trying to consider all the water in your home and looking at water innovations from a truly holistic perspective. It's easy to be a faucet and tub and sink company. But when you think about where could the business be in five years, you, know, you try to think, we want to touch everything water touches. And that's a pretty bold statement, but it's one that I think will force us to innovate technologically because it goes to more places than where your water flows in your kitchen, right? So we're now at an entry point of water into the home. There's a lot of other water in your home. And when you think of backyards, you think of swimming pools, you think of outdoor showering, you think of outdoor kitchens. Yeah, we have products that fill those spaces now, but that's not our top priority. Yeah. But when you look at our focus of touch everything water touches and be a leader for water, and, and not just for water as we want to profit from water, but be a voice for water, be an advocate for water, because as I heard on the news this morning here in Austin, it, it was 90 something degrees yesterday. And if you guys don't get some rain soon, you're going to be like us in California. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now you really need to make that shower head that's, you know, a 1.2 gallon, you know, per minute. You got to make it actually pleasant. You can't just say, well, it meets code. Well, yeah, but if it's a bad experience, no one's going to want it. And yeah. so I've seen over the years those types of things lead innovation. You know, initially when we went down to a 1.28 flush toilet from, what was it, 1.6? Yeah. At first, the joke was, well, now you have to flush it twice. So it's actually a step backwards. But we knew that over time, companies would innovate to make their products better, to be able to perform at those new levels. And so, you know, forward-looking, I think as we face, whether it's drought situations or just conservation in general to be water-wise, um, more and more companies are going to have to figure out how to make their products perform at the highest level 
with as little water waste as possible. And so we're, we're trying to be a leader in that world. Yeah, that's great. Where do you guys see the industry going in the next five to 10 years? I think you're going to see you know, a little bit of what I just described in terms of people being more aware and conscious and in control of things that maybe they weren't in the past. And I think a lot of that is, you know, comfort with smartphones and, you know, being aware of, of water and how parts of the home interact. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times people say, you know, I want a shower that's got two rain heads and five body sprays. I want the full car wash. And they have no consideration over what kind of water heaters they're going to need to make that shower last more than a minute. Mm-hmm. And, but now I think there's more of a consciousness growing around that. And maybe it's a bit of the self-reliance that COVID taught us. You know, we were kind of to ourselves a little bit in our homes and we started doing more repairs. I know whenever I stepped into a Home Depot, it was full. People mm-hmm. were doing their, their weekend warrior uh, fixes around the house. But I think awareness and then coupled with companies making more innovative products to make you in control, not so that you don't have to call a tradesperson, but you know, we were talking earlier that you hear tech, it's like, oh, no, I hear I got to call a guy out at 350 an hour to you know, fix this thing. And I think that the innovations that will come will be a little bit more like flow where you're in control of it and it's easy to understand. But I also think you know, the awareness to, to cleanliness and hygiene is not going away. I view that as a mega trend. You know, this was my first experience with a pandemic. Obviously, the ones before weren't as drastic. But I don't think it's the last time that we're going to have to, uh, unfortunately, pay very close attention to who's got what and how do we handle it and how do we still function with it. I, I think in the next five years, you're definitely going to see that. Okay, great. Well, Vic, let's wrap up. Why don't you tell us where we can learn a little bit more about House of Roll, all the products and companies you guys offer? Sure. Uh, we'll start with houseofroll.com. It's our website. All five brands are featured there. There's also links at, at the bottom to all of our social handles. So if you're on Instagram uh, or Pinterest or any of you know, those, we're, we're present there. We also have a great presence on YouTube where particularly for builders or plumbers, we've got installation videos, uh, how-to fix-it videos. Those are super handy so you don't have to call in uh, to technical help. Uh, the other place I would say is, is at your local uh, holist, uh, showroom. You know, wholesalers have showrooms where we're featured. Uh, the one here, uh, Facets of Austin, is a great partner for us. But we've got showrooms in all 50 states, and we're actually in Canada as well. And House of Roll is now expanding globally to new markets uh, in Asia, in the UK, uh, in Europe. So whoever's listening, uh, check out our website. There's a How to Find a Showroom helper there. And then uh, we'll get you to someone local where you can touch and feel the products and engage with a showroom consultant that can knowledgeably and helpfully help you through the process. Great. All right. Well, Vic, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Jared, this has been great. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.